1: Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith, where the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, my name is Gary Bell. Well, tonight on Contending for the Faith, we begin part two of a new series entitled An Extreme Invitation to Discipleship, as found in Luke Chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. Jesus every day is giving this extreme invitation to those in the church and those outside the church. But there are very few who are truly responding to this invitation. They are busy making excuses and allow the cares and the distractions and things of this world to get in the way of their accepting Jesus's extreme invitation. Well, let's prepare our hearts to receive this and much, much more for we are not pretending we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you
2: tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed and thank you so much for that introduction and we want to thank everybody out there. And Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, we've been uh, starting this new series and dealing with the extreme invitation to Jesus Christ, an extreme invitation to discipleship, an extreme invitation invitation to our lord and savior jesus christ you know he gives that extreme invitation to all of the people of the world and uh, he also gives it to the church he gives it to all of us come unto me all you that labor and heavy laden and i'll give you rest the world is troubled on every side they just troubled The wicked, the Bible says, like the troubled sea, tossed to and fro. And uh, the only hope for us today is turning to Jesus. He's the only one that can give you rest. And we need to come to him because this extreme invitation will determine whether or not you are truly saved. It will determine if you are truly saved. Following an extreme Savior, because that that call is an extreme invitation to all of his children, and even those who are not his children. He's calling upon you tonight to come, to come to him. Now, there are a lot of things that get in the way of that extreme calling. And what we're going to be learning tonight is something that we learned about last week from Luke chapter 14. We want to call your attention eventually to Luke chapter 14, but I want to go somewhere before that. But I want to say this in kicking this teaching off tonight. The devil is behind a lot of eyes. the personal pronoun I. He is behind the personal pronoun I when people make excuses towards doing the things of God. Let me say that again. The devil is behind these personal pronoun I in not doing the things of God or making excuses to do the things of God. How many people do you know today that make all these excuses? I can't tithe because of this. Notice the I. I can't go to church because of this. I can't go to Bible study because of this. I can't do this, pray with my family. I cannot witness because of this and that. They always have an excuse, and excuses don't excuse, but they only accuse. Now, the devil is behind these eyes, and you need to deny yourself, like Jesus said, deny yourself. And take up your cross and follow him. Because these eyes that is controlling you will send you straight to hell. These eyes. These personal pronoun eyes. You need to say, Lord, whatever your will is, let it be done. That's why James said, you don't say, I'm going to do this or do that. But you say, if the Lord's will. Now, The reason why I said to you at the beginning of this message that the devil is behind the eyes is because he started off with this teaching about this eye. Now, I want to call your attention to Isaiah chapter 14. I want you to call your attention to Isaiah chapter 14 in your Bibles. And we want to look at verses 12 through 14 or 15. Isaiah 14 verses 12 through 15. Now I want you to notice how many times the personal pronoun is used regarding Lucifer. How art thou fallen? Verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, notice here's the first I, I will ascend into the heaven. Here's the second I, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. The third I, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Here's the next, the fourth eye. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. The fifth eye, I will be like the Most High. Notice he never wanted to take over heaven, but he wanted to share the equal power as God. Yet thou shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Now, behind these eyes is Satan. When you hear people always saying, I can't make it here. I can't make it to do God's work. I can't do this and I can't do that. Always coming up with excuses. This started in heaven with the enemy. Now, this person in Luke chapter 14 is doing the same things that the enemy was doing in heaven. This is a conditioning of Satan. This is a programming of Satan. This is a trick of Satan to get you into that I-theology rather than the Lord's theology. The I-theology wars against the Lord's theology. Now, I want to call your attention now to Luke chapter 14 and verses 15 through 24. Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. And here Jesus, in Luke chapter 14, is teaching about the extreme invitation, the gathering of a family gathering, a wedding, a social event, a group functioning. We always have these things, just like in Jesus' day. And people were making excuses in Jesus' day, and they're making excuses today. And we see in verse 15, when this invitation is given out, in verse 15 of Luke chapter 14, and when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, "'Blessed is he that shall eat bread.'" In the kingdom of God. Now, this is a person who was into religion, but not a relationship. He's the typical person in the church Sometime that always hallelujah, praise the Lord, these pious cliches. But there's no substance behind it. There's no commitment behind it. There's no dedication behind it. There's no extreme Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. And they will say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. They'll even go as far as saying, Jesus is Lord. But when you ask them to do something in the church, they make excuses. They always have too much to do. And in reality, they don't have anything to do. And there should be never anything that takes precedent over the Lord, because he said in Matthew six thirty three, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So we're going to get into these excuses. Look at verse uh, 16. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. That means invited many. This is the extreme invitation invited many to come and notice verse 17 and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bitten, come for all things are now ready. See, that's the way Jesus is. He's always saying, I'm ready to receive you. I stand at the door and knock. Any man open the door, I will come unto him and sup with him and he with me. But you're going to see that although this invitation is there for discipleship, the excuses start to come into play, and the eyes come into play. And it goes all the way back to Isaiah 14 and into heaven, where the enemy started off with all of these different eyes. Now, notice here, notice here, after the invitation is given out. Now, this invitation is not just an ordinary invitation. Listen to me carefully. Are you willing to take the invitation to discipleship after you have become a Christian? You say, well, I'm a Christian, that's good enough. No, it's not good enough. The Lord here is challenging the people to go beyond being a Christian and a pew-sitter to discipleship. There's a lot of people have a pew-sitting gift, but he's calling upon you right now to have a greater gift. Now notice here, verse 18, and they all, it, it wasn't just one or two. Notice it says, and they all, underline that word, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, Here's the personal pronoun, I have bought a piece of ground. Notice, and I, here's the I again, must needs go and see it. And he's so religious, notice that he's so religious, he even adds to it a prayer. I pray thee, have me excused. There's a lot of people like that in our churches today. They are so religious. They don't have a relationship, but they're interreligion. They will use their religion to the T and say, you know what? I pray today. I can't make it to Bible study, but I pray that I make it next Bible study. I pray that uh, I'll make it to church. I pray that I will put the Lord above my job. They will use prayer in the midst of everything they do, but their hearts are not right, even in the midst of the prayer. I pray thee, have me excused. In verse 19, let me close on this. And another said, I, notice the I, I have bought five yoke oxen, and I go to prove them. And he's a, he's a prayer warrior, too, but he don't have no substance. I pray thee, have me excused. You better make sure that you are right with the Lord, because you know what? Even the man in Luke chapter 16, the rich man, did a lot of praying in hell. But I'm afraid when you pray in hell, the hotline has been burned out because it's too hot there. You need to get your prayers and your heart right with Jesus now. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. We'll be right back with more of Contending for
1: the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. And once again, we want to begin by thanking everyone who's been faithfully praying for Contending for the Faith. There is no way we could have stayed on the air as long as we have for as many years as we have without your prayers and without your financial support, it's, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We know that God has blessed us to have so many of you who are listening to the broadcast week after week. God is moving it upon your hearts to pray for this ministry, and God has been moving upon your hearts to partner with us financially to support the work that God has called us to do. And you're you're partnering in time and eternity. When you give to this ministry, you always say, One day we'll stand before God and He'll say, Turn around and look, and there will be a vast multitude of people. And you will say, Lord, who are these people? These are the people that were impacted by your giving to contending for the faith and ministries like it. Because by your giving and allowing us to stay on the air, we've impacted so many lives for the kingdom. People are saved. People have been educated. People have been touched by what has been going on over these airwaves, and it has brought people into the kingdom. And that's the work. That's the vision. That's the mission that we're on, to see lives touched and changed for time and eternity by the work God has called us to do, and God has called you to partner with us in this work. We want to thank those who gave over the past week. Jackie, Jackie, and Diane, and Ronald, uh, Valerie, Rick, Richard, and Carol. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, so we need your support. We are listener-supported. If you've been blessed by the program, won't you partner with us financially? You don't want to turn your radio on one Saturday night and find out that we have gone off the air. We want to keep that from happening. And the only way that stops, the only way we keep that from happening is by your continuous, consistent prayers and your consistent financial support. There's two ways you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. You just simply go onto your laptop, your smartphone, your tablet, go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and hit the donate button. And it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. You will be a partner with us in this vital work. We can't thank you enough for all that you've done over the past years, and we just— Rejoice in the Lord always over you because you've been so faithful. We pray that you continue to faithfully listen, to faithfully pray, and to faithfully give to contending for the faith. We just want to let you know that next week, Dr. Buckner will be um, doing a conference in Southern California on the end of times. So we will be broadcasting the best of contending for the faith. So in other words, we will not be live in the studio but we will have a pre-recorded message that will be good. So don't miss it. Just don't call in next week. <laughs> Cuz you'll be talking to yourself. <laughs> but we just want to let you know that uh, next week won't be a live broadcast but will be the a pre-recorded best of contending for the faith, Dr. Buckner.
2: Thank you brother Gary and uh, we appreciate those announcements and uh, updating the people on what's going to be happening for next weekend. All righty, let's get to our callers. Let's see. Uh we got this strange caller. I've never I don't think we've ever heard from this person. His name is Cece. <laughs> how you doing, CeCe?
3: Hey, how you guys doing?
2: Uh we are truly blessed. How about yourself?
3: uh they're pretty rough, but I'm blessed.
2: Amen. You're amen. blessed in spite of, amen?
3: Yeah, yeah, I am.
2: Amen. We trust yeah. that you got minister to tonight through the word.
3: I always do. I'd be so much into the teaching. I think I'm like at church. I'm just barely holding on. Did did you start to say you ended? I said, "Oh, it's, it's ended." It, it goes so quick.
2: Hey, Amen. Maybe one of these times I'll do a whole hour teaching. One of these times. So,
3: hey, maybe hey, that would be awesome.
2: Amen. Amen. righty. what's on your heart tonight?
3: I got two questions. Uh, if you um, if you can give me enough grace to squeeze both of them in. Uh, Alright. The first one. Uh, the first one is in. Um, it's in Romans chapter 1.
2: Okay. And what's your verses? And, uh, uh, verses
3: 24, 26, and 28, because I see the same term used um, three different times. So I just want to have your input on that. You you know, why God put that there, you know, the same term. It's, I see it. It's in three different verses.
2: Are uh, you talking about uh, God also gave them up?
3: Yes, that's, 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 really the, that's, the only, that's the only term that I really want to deal with in uh, in, in that verse, because I keep saying, well, of course, I know you've got to read the rest of it, but that's the, that's the main meat of it. I, I noticed that he says it in verse 24, verse 26, and then he says it again in verse 28.
2: Right, right, that's a very good question. We appreciate the good questions you always have. And God gave them up, uh, gave them up, and he says it over and over and over kind of look at this from the perspective of uh, the story of God dealing with Pharaoh in the Old Testament. Uh, You remember the scripture says that God warned him over and over and over because the issue with Pharaoh was more so uh, not so much God uh, judging him. Yeah, He was judging him, but he Attack the gods of Egypt. I mean, there were ten gods in all. And I always say this, the thing that always brings the judgment of God upon a nation is two things, idolatry and immorality. And that brings the judgment of God swiftly and fast. And so they were into all of that. But you see the warning of God over and over to Pharaoh, and he hardened his heart. He heartened his heart, the Scripture says. He heartened his heart. And then the Scriptures change up and says, and God heartened his heart. In other words, you can get to a place in your life where you can be doing wickedness so long that it says, like in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that God sent them strong delusions that they would believe a lie than the truth. Now, that's pretty heavy there in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that God sent them strong delusions that they would believe a lie than the truth. And so people can get themselves to that state when they cont- continuously reject God over and over and over, that God gets to the place like he dealt with Pharaoh, he heartened his heart towards Pharaoh. That means he literally uh, abandoned him. He just uh, stepped back from him. Uh, and we see this um, also with the tribe of Ephraim. It says Ephraim joined itself to idols. And then it says, therefore God said, leave them alone. Got to a place where God spiritually abandoned them. And we see here in Romans chapter 1, the same scenario. The people uh, are rejecting God. They are at the point where they are worshiping the creature more than the creator. They're not thankful. They're living sin to its max and uh, with no conscience, and the wrath of God is poured out, and it got to a point with God where he simply gave them up, He simply gave them up to uncleanness. He just allowed them to, uh, you know, be abandoned into their wickedness. And people can put themselves in those positions with God. I mean, God will warn you over and over and over again. But if you don't listen, you don't pay attention, he'll give you up over to it, and you can just have a field day in it. But when you have a field day in it, He's going to judge you in the midst of it, too, because these people are getting judged by God. As he gives them over, they don't have any protection. They don't have a hedge. They don't have anything to guard them nor protect them. And this thing uh, of God' spiritual abandonment of the people is a serious thing to the point where they— become useless and uh, worthless in the eyes of God. And God allows their minds to be c-minute, minute to do wrong, c-minute to do evil. And he gives them over to just simply say, you know what? I've warned you over and over to turn from your wicked ways. And because you're not doing it and you decide to continue to live in it, I'm just going to abandon you and allow you to just wallow in it, soak in it. See, because he reaches out to people who are lost. You know, we see that with the prodigal son. Prodigal son was in the pig's pen, you know. No sheep should be in the pig's pen, right? So he's in the pig's pen eating a slop and everything. And in the midst of it, God is trying to reach him. He gets to him, and the Scripture says that he came to his senses. And he came back home, and they had a big party. But there were two lost prodigal sons. The son at home was just as lost as the one that was out in the world. He was lost, too. Had a heart of pride and jealousy and envy. There were two lost prodigal sons. And so God is in pursuit of every lost person out there. But this is a wake-up call to every lost person that's here in this program tonight if you continue to reject God and uh, abandon God you this is what they're doing they're abandoning God the God who wants fellowship with them throughout eternity and God will reverse the tables one day you'll just simply get to the point where he'll abandon you and you're really in a bad state when he abandons you this is what it means when he gave them up he also uh, gave them up. He just simply allowed their minds to be cemented, cemented to do evil. He did that with Pharaoh. He did that with a lot of people here, and he does that with people today. And that's why you need to tie this into Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that God sends them strong delusions that they would believe a lie than a truth. I mean, when you get to a point where you become delusional regarding sin and you don't have a conscience to do what's right, you're in really bad. You're really in bad shape. Really bad shape. So hopefully that helps you out.
3: Yeah, that, that helps out a lot.
2: Amen, amen. And you had another question?
3: Yeah, I wanted to ask you the question because, i I tell you, um, I told you last week, the week before, about the um, about my friend's uh, uh, uncle who had who had who had died in a fatal car accident. Yeah, you know, he was uh, taken to the coroner's office, uh-huh. and I guess. Pulled out the freezer and is about to unbomb him, uh, and uh, he, he, I guess he came to life. Well, he didn't guess; he did. God brought him to life, um, and the this, this, uh, procedure was stopped. And he basically walked out of there. What I want to ask you is, um, I know God raised him for the dead, but uh, how could, how could that? I mean, can, can you get more into that? Because you was, you were speaking something last week that you, that you had touched on, and I wanted to you to touch on it again, because I know um, that the man was dead, because I had, I had my um, my friend talk to his wife again, and she was playing, you know, like the story again, and he was, you know, he was pronounced dead at the scene, you know, the fatal car accident was taken to the coroner's office, and um, pulled out the freezer, and they was about to, you know, embalm him and cut him open, and he opened his eyes and stopped the person, said, what are you doing, you know, and he walked out of there. So, we, I mean, I understand that God did it, but I still, if he could just, you know, Right Give some
2: imp- yeah right, right, yeah, well, this is what I want to say, like I said last week it 's important to know the differences between um, you know clinical death and biological death, and there are a lot of people who uh, literally uh, die, they die a type of death, but it 's not an actual death where they leave the body it 's a type of uh, uh clinical death where the brain is affected and uh aspects of that uh, is affected and uh so they go into a state where they look like they're dead but they in reality they're not and uh there's a way that they can bring them they can bring they can bring them back and um and then there is a biological death where you literally die and you go either to Hades or you go to heaven. Let me elaborate more upon this when we come back from the commercial break, because you're the only caller right now. So uh, I, I have a little time to elaborate more upon up this when you, we come back from the commercial. So okay. uh, hang in there with us. Brother Gary. All right. We'll be right back with more
1: of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And then once again, we just want to thank everyone who's been praying for Contending for the Faith and all of you who have been partnering with us financially to keep this broadcast on the air. We just cannot thank you enough for your prayers and your consistent giving to keep Contending for the Faith on the air for so many years and uh, we just thank you it costs us 400 a week to remain on the air and without your support that wouldn't happen and so we know that God has blessed us to have so many faithful listeners faithful prayer warriors and faithful givers and so we just take a moment to thank you for being diligent and listening to God's prompting and and moving out to be a partner with us here at Contending for the Faith. There's two ways you can donate to our ministry. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier, simply go online, With your laptop, your computer, your tablet, smartphone, and go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button, and it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. And also, we just want to remind everyone that next Saturday night, we will be airing the best of Contending for the Faith uh, Dr. Buckner and the team will be going to Southern California, will, where he's going to be uh, keynote speaker on the conference on the end of time. So tune in, but don't call in next Saturday, and uh, you'll be blessed. Dr. Buckner.
2: Thank you, Brother Gary. I like that, tune in, but don't call in. That's <laughs> that's pretty good right there. Yes, and thank you uh, for reminding the people about uh, supporting the ministry and praying for us um we're at that time uh where our tank is getting low and so uh when we get low like this we need people to step up huge uh so that uh we can have the necessary funds in the account to uh you know be able to stay on the air so we want to let people know that we are getting low financially so Uh, We want to encourage people tonight to step up and um, knock a home run Mm -hmm. uh, by PayPal or, you know, put it in the mail. Uh, But we need people to step up huge right now because we need those blessings coming through. Uh, Because uh, once we get to a place where we don't have the necessary funds in, we have no other alternative but to – uh, go off the air because we we Gary and I don't have the money uh, to uh, pull out of our own pockets to uh, you know stay on the air um, you know so we just want to let you know that and want to encourage you to as a team of people warriors of Christ let's work together to make this uh, work in terms of contending for the faith well let's get back to Cece Cece are you there Yes I am Yes so what I was saying is that. There's a difference between clinical death and biological. See, uh, when a person, if a person dies, uh, they are in the presence of the Lord if they are Christian, and that's a biological death. And when they experience that, God is not going to be bringing them back. Uh, He's not going to bring them back into this life of misery. He's going to bring them into uh, where he's at, and they're going to stay there. The reason why I say that is because in Luke chapter 16, you might want to look at that, uh, we had a an experience where uh, a rich man died and a poor man died. And it says in Luke chapter 16, uh, verse uh, 27, Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, notice, in other words, came back from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. That's, a, that's a, a resurrection message right there, too, because so many people say, well, if Jesus was here, you know, people would believe. No, they, their hearts are, are wicked, and they need to repent, and that's what they need to do is, is repent. You know, and listen to the preachers now. That's what Jesus is saying. So, um, the from a clinical perspective, uh, people die all the time in the in the sense of their brains, and there can be damage. It can be a, a multitude of things. They're not literally dead, but it's they're in a state of limbo, and um, they can be resuscitated back. Uh, but once you die and you leave, the, you leave this planet. Uh, God is going to take you with him, and you're going to either go with him to heaven or you're going to go to Hades, because uh, hell, is the lake of fire has not been opened up for business yet, so nobody's there. And it says in Revelation chapter 20 that uh, death and Hades was cast into the lake of fire. So all unbelievers uh, right now go to this temporary place called Hades, and then they will be sentenced to the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment that uh, it speaks about in the book of Revelation. So we have to be very careful about saying that uh, so-and-so and and other people have died and they went away and they came back because from a biblical perspective, um, that doesn't support the biblical motif. You either die and go to be with the Lord or you're in a state of clinical uh, type of death, and you're just in limbo for a moment, and then they have a way of uh, bringing you back through uh, you know, various means and stuff like that. So that's it's, it's important to understand the differences, and then we need to be biblically sound that we don't uh, put things out there. There's people all the time saying they died, and they saw after they died, they saw a light, and they saw heaven, they saw angels, they saw this, and they saw that, well, uh, the reality is, uh, you know, they don't see any of those things, and they have to understand that Satan can appear as an angel of light, so he can uh, be a counterfeit to all that stuff. But, uh, and then besides, also, when Paul, which was an exceptional thing, when Paul went to the third heaven, uh, he got the thorn in his flesh, so he wouldn't be talking about what happened. You know, so it's very important to understand that. Okay, so hopefully that helps you out, and uh, we need to have some prayer with you because we got another caller.
3: Okay, you can just pray with me. I got some like some pressure around my head. Oh, thanks a lot, for, uh, both answering both questions. Appreciated both. Well done.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, <clears throat> if you can pray for me, I got some pressure on my head. However, you want to pray, pray for me, and then pray for me in the area of my family, again, my mother Rosalinda, my father, and all of my family members um you could let them lift them up and then i just want to lift the wayne and brothers up again um i want to lift up eddie murphy again you know they need to get hospital. and i'll lift at this guy tom cruise and do you know if, do you know if arnold is still living yeah he's still yes living.
2: he's still living
3: oh okay because i saw someone on the internet that said he had died of a heart attack and i said I I, I, I I didn't quite believe it so i just okay i want to i definitely want to pray for him too as well because i know he's getting up there in age he needs the lord and I, I, I watch him as a little kid, so,
2: you know, I, you know, yeah. Okay. Well, let's go before the Lord in and, and prayer and, and, and pray for these uh, prayer requests as well. <clears throat> All right.
1: Lord, we just thank you. Brother CC, we ask you to touch his body from the crown of his head to the bottom of his soul, that you bring healing and life to his, his whole system, Lord God, whatever this pressure is, that you will remove it, Lord God, that you give him strength, give him courage, give him hope, and restore his joy, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for his mother, Rosalinda, and the rest of his family as well. We also lift up these celebrities, Lord God, Tom Cruise, the Wayne brothers, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the rest of them, Lord God, that you would just touch their lives and bring people into their lives that would share Christ with them, Lord God, that their eyes would be opened. And, Lord God, that they would receive you and receive the truth about you. In Jesus' name we pray.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you, CC. For your uh, call we appreciate it uh, which is a very important uh, we appreciate always your your call and uh, we trust that God has ministered to you today all right Lee how are you doing
4: Hi, good. can you hear me all right
2: uh, yes. we sure can hear you
4: okay I'll make it quick um, I've been trying to find out about what happened to the Ark of the Covenant I was just curious about that because I know it was there for a long time the glory of the Lord ezekiel talks about it coming and then going and coming again and i was reading in jeremiah today i don't have my bible in front of me so i can't tell you where but it said something about jeremiah when they were coming out of captivity had hid the tent and the ark of the covenant and i thought whoa i you know i think i found what i was looking for but it's just hidden but and jeremiah hid it but but I don't know if that's the last word or if maybe after Jeremiah it was put someplace. Do you know?
2: Well, we're we're um, looking at something right now, and Brother Gary will say something about that, and I want to say something about it as well. Brother Gary. All right. Well, just doing a little
1: quick research, the last time the ark's location is mentioned in Scripture's uh, Second Kings, 23, verses 21 through 23. So if you want to... But
4: that would be with... The kings would be David and Solomon, and yeah. that would have been with it being in Jerusalem.
2: Yeah, so let, let me say this. But that's mm-hmm.
4: before it, Jerusalem was sacked, and it was sacked by Nebuchadnezzar, who took everything mm-hmm.
2: out. Right, right. And
4: then Ezra and Nehemiah brought everything back. But it doesn't mention the Ark of the Covenant, or, or the, you know, it doesn't mention the Ten Commandments and Aaron's rod and whatever. The last thing that I could find was Jeremiah saying he hid the tent.
2: Right, the right. Well, that that wasn't the last occurrence, I uh-huh. mean, of it, uh, because nobody really knows. The, I'm, I'm saying this from my perspective. Gary was showing you something that he wanted to share. Mm-hmm. But uh, this from my perspective now, nobody knows they never knew what ultimately happened to the Ark of the Covenant, right? And some scholars believe that it's in heaven right now. That God mysteriously uh, took it up to heaven. This is kind of like uh, you kind of do a, a thorough reading of the Book of Hebrews, uh, but nobody really knows. I mean, a, 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 yeah, a lot of a lot of scholars have uh, debated and speculated uh, on this. But uh, nobody really knows exactly what uh, was the what happened to it. So uh, and so with Jeremiah, that's not the last occurrence of uh, of someone could uh, definitively say, "Well, this is what Jeremiah did," and then the the Ark of the Covenant was gone. So
4: because the first time Jerusalem was sacked would have been Nebuchadnezzar, and it was there, right? And then there was the captivity, and then. I don't know if it came back with um, Ezra and Nehemiah. Never. I did a real thorough reading, and it goes through all the rebuilding of the temple, but it says nothing about the ark.
2: Right now, the the thing that the reason why I kind of lean towards the 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 aspect of it being in heaven mm-hmm. is because if you look in uh, Revelation, mm-hmm. you look also in Revelation in uh, Revelation chapter eleven. And um, verse 19 and it talks about in Revelation 11 and verse 19 and the temple of God was open in heaven and there was seen in his temple the ark Hmm. of his testament Mm -hmm. and there was lightning and voices and thundering and an earthquake and the great hell so here it's like what I was saying that it's more likely in heaven so Revelation eleven and nineteen talks about John, John seeing it in heaven.
4: Okay. Well, that that could be because Enoch was taken up and um, uh, Elijah, uh, you know, translated or whatever it was. So yeah, right. Possibly You'll, it could be.
2: Yeah. Did you get down that scripture?
4: Um, you said that was Revelation
2: eleven and nineteen. Okay. Figure. Look at that! Look at that, and ponder on it. But that's why I believe Assad is in heaven right now.
4: That that sounds good. Okay. It, well, it, that that's great. And I guess if there was any prayer request, it would be for unity in the church because right now people are just kind of like fighting uh, each other over a lot of politics. And there are people that I know that are Christian, but they're not being very Christian in terms of um, being kind of like sour grapes in terms of you know our country and and I think that real Christians need to all unify and show the love of Christ whether we disagree or agree.
2: Well, let's pray on that right now cuz we got we're going to try to squeeze in another call. Let's pray on that, brother Gary. All right. <clears throat> Lord, we just lift up this prayer request
1: for unity in the church, Lord. We know, Lord God, that you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we could ask or think. And, Lord God, we need that unity, Lord God. We need you to step into uh, this world and and into the lives of of your children, Lord God, and to move upon their hearts, Lord God, that love would reign, Lord God, that we would seek you and your kingdom first above all things. And, Lord God, that you would just bless us with that unity. In
2: Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Lee, for calling and ponder on that Revelation 11 and 19.
4: Thank you very much. All right. Thank
2: you for the good question. Brother Gary, let's try to squeeze in Deborah real quick. I don't think we have time. Well, we don't. Yep. We'll get you uh, in two weeks. Two weeks. (laughs) Amen. All right. Try to call in sooner. Well, we've
1: come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer. Uh, Brother Frederick, our phone counselor, and you are a listening audience for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again bring you the best of Contending for the Faith. Again, we want to encourage you to listen in, but don't call in next week. Uh, but then in the following week, Give us a call. Once again, we want to just thank you and uh, encourage you to tune in to Contending for the Faith. May God richly bless you always.